This is the Art Beauty Podcast, where we tell the real truth about the fake shit. Hi, everybody. I'm Amber, and today my fabulous co-host is Dr. Trevor Cates. She is a naturopathic physician and a best-selling author and just released a new book called The Natural Beauty Reset, which went on sale last week, and I'm so excited to talk all about that. Welcome to the show, Dr. Trevor Cates. Thank you so much. It's great to be here with you. Do you, do you want me to just call you Dr. Kate? Kate? Absolutely. Dr. Kate. Okay, Dr. Kate. Um, so, you know, I feel like, you know, a couple of years ago when it came to sort of this idea of like our hormones and beauty, I think that many of us, you know, understood that, you know, hormones could cause things like breakouts, um, you know, hormonal acne. But I don't know that we were so in tune with all the way that our hormones can affect our overall skin health. Um, I, I think that recently people have started to dive more into that. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I think that there's certainly part of the reason why I wrote this book, my second book, was because I got so many questions from women about their hormones. Why are, you know, why am I having these issues? How is it related to my hormones? And I think a lot when it comes to skin, I get a lot of questions about hormonal acne, uh, you know, why I'm breaking out at these times in my, in my cycle and also in my life, <laughs> you know, like right. I had it when I was a teenager, why am I getting it again? And so um, those kinds of questions also are my hormones related to aging? And what can I do about that? Because we, while of course, aging is a natural process, none of us want to look older than we are. We want that graceful aging. And a lot of that does tie into our hormones. Okay. You know, I, I think before we kind of really dig into all of the hormones, I'd love for you to share a little bit of your background because you've had, you know, if you worked at some of the most exclusive spas, um, why don't you start by telling us, why did you decide to go into natural pathic um, medicine? Yeah, absolutely. Well, as a kid, I had a lot of health issues. I had allergies. I had skin problems, hives, itchy, mysterious rashes that would appear. And I, my parents took me to see a lot of different specialists, different doctors, and I would have allergic reactions or adverse reactions to everything that I was either taking orally or was put on my skin. And so I, it was really a frustrating time. I was uncomfortable, itchy, inflamed, also very embarrassed by my skin. I didn't feel like a normal kid. I felt like I was being picked on at school because of my skin issues. But um, it really, it was a holistic approach. My parents kept searching for answers and they found a holistic practitioner that they took me to. And it was the one thing that really turned my health and my skin around. So it planted a seed early on in my life uh, because I remember thinking, gosh, I wish I'd had this option early on and that I didn't go through all the struggles that I went through, that that could have just been presented you know, that there is this holistic option. So was there never like a, a diagnosis made as to what was causing these problems? Was it allergies? Was it some sort of, um, you know, uh, hormonal thing that you were dealing with at that age? It was at that point in my life, it was allergies and it, you know, it's, we do have genetic predispositions and in my family, that's one of our big genetic things is allergies. So it shows up as eczema or hay fever, seasonal allergies, a lot of things like that. And so the doctors were just like, well, she's allergic to everything in Virginia. So you can move or, you know, they, they didn't really have anything else to offer. 
And so um, it was certainly very frustrating. And then when we, when I finally turned things around with just one visit with a holistic practitioner and, and the treatment plan that she came up with, I thought, wow, that that's amazing that this was such a simple thing for me. And so when I learned about naturopathic medicine, when I was in um, undergraduate school, I thought, wow, this is kind of the path that I've already been on. And it makes sense for me to help other people because one of the things I wanted to help people with is to be able to give them that option and to be able to, to help people that are looking for more of an integrative or more of a holistic approach. And so when I, and, but I was 10 years into my practice of seeing patients, I've been practicing for now for 22 years, but 10 years in, I was working at the Waldorf Astoria Spa in Park City, and I was the doctor in the spa. And I was running people through this two-week weight loss program. And at the end of the two-week program, my patients would say, Dr. Cates, I've lost weight. But what surprises me is my skin. I didn't know my skin could look this good. Oh. And to me, I was like, well, of course, you know, because I, I made that connection as an 11 year old that my skin was related to these, this internal inflammation and these other issues I was having. And, but I realized a lot of people didn't realize that connection. So I realized that was the need for, to write my first book, clean skin from within. And then after I wrote that book, the biggest question I kept getting asked was about hormones. Women in particular asking me, what is you talk about? I mentioned hormones in the book, but I didn't go into great depth. And I realized women really needed to understand that. You know, before we get into um, how hormones are going to, uh, you know, affect our skin, I, I want to sort of stick on this because how would you say that um, a, a naturopathic doctor or, you know, you said homeopathic um, physician, how did that differ than let's say your traditional dermatologist visit? What, what, what was, how was the treatment different? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, well, I mean, it's quite different in, in that, first of all, the length of the appointment. So typically you go in to see a dermatologist, you're, you know, in and out pretty quickly, and they'll usually give you like a topical steroid, or they'll maybe, you know, like a, usually it's like a topical, or maybe they'll do a treatment. And it's really more to just suppress the symptoms and not, and, and they're, you know, it's not so much of like what caused that to show up in the first place. So what, what a naturopathic physician will typically do is we look at your lifestyle. We look at your family history. We look at what, you know, what could be the underlying causes, the root causes and support the body's own ability to heal itself naturally. And so certainly as a naturopathic physician, we can prescribe medications and it's not like medications are all bad. It's just that they don't fix the underlying problem. So if you just put a bandaid on top of it and you haven't address the infection underneath that bandaid, it's going to just swell and get redder and more inflamed and the infection's going to spread, right? So we want to make sure that we're addressing what's underneath. And so that when we stop taking the medication, because medications are typically only meant to be used temporarily, um, is that, you know, to like, you know, when you go on to take a steroid, for example, it's meant to just be used temporarily to suppress the inflammation. But if you don't address what's underneath it, it's that inflammation is just going to come right back. So, you know, before we move on, did they ever figure out what it was for you when you were a child that that was sort of your trigger, if you will? 
Yeah. So there are a couple of things that were, were going on that I, I think my family didn't know about. We had mold in our house. Mm. That was one of the things that we lived. We lived on a farm and I lived in the, I was in my bedroom was in the basement and we, there was like mold growing. I remember yeah. like specks. Yeah. Um, and my parents being, you know, we lived on an organic farm and they were like, oh, it's natural. It's not, but they didn't really realize how toxic mold could be. And the other thing is I was drinking a ton of milk. And so mm. we got, and it was organic. So we thought, oh, it's, you know, it's from the, you know, the local farmer or whatever, <clears throat> no big deal. But it, for me, that was um, creating a lot of inflammation in my body. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. So, so it seems like, you know, for people who might not be familiar that sort of the, the, the naturopathic way is a little bit less of maybe your traditional prescription focus and maybe looking into, like you said, you know, root causes and would you say more of ways that we can eliminate certain things? Is it more of like an elimination type of a, of a, of a process? Well, that can be part of it, but you also, if you, even if you, we definitely want to take out anything that's interfering with the body's ability to heal. We want to remove obstacles to healing. So certainly if there's a food, that's a trigger or there's mold exposure, but, but the problem is, is even if you just take those things away, a lot of times there's still damage that's happened in the body. There's still inflammation there. And so there are things that we can do naturally to decrease that inflammation. So nutrients, certain, you know, botanical medicine, there are other things that we can do to support the body and being able to address that inflammation. So it's removing the obstacles to healing and then also using natural substances to help support the body's ability to heal. Now, I also will say as naturopathic physicians, we can't prescribe medications and we right. oftentimes will do that when necessary, but we really like to use this other approach first. And then sometimes that's why we like, I like to call it integrative where Sometimes when somebody has really, really bad eczema, for example, having some, you know, topical steroids to, to like take down that inflammation in, in some cases when the people are so inflamed, but you're also at the same time supporting the body's ability to heal and, you know, the nutrients it needs to heal the anti-inflammatory, um, you know, supplements and things that can help bring that down so you can get off those medications. And then, you know, hormonal imbalances being a big one. So this is another thing that happened with me later in my life is I went on, um, birth control pills when in my twenties and I broke, and I know a lot of women are put on birth control pills to manage acne, but I broke out an acne so bad on my face that the doctors weren't, that I thought maybe I had chicken pox or something else going on. Cause it was so bad. Um, and so also, and that was just from the hormonal imbalance. So, you know, hormones can also trigger a lot of these, uh, um, skin issues and, it impacts our health in so many different ways and our skin being our largest organ and right on the surface of our bodies, it's oftentimes the first warning sign that something's out of balance in the body. So for example, dry skin is one of the early warning signs of low thyroid function. Um, and you know, hormonal acne is another big one when a lot of times women, especially like around the jawline, there's certain areas where we see patterns of acne showing us that something is out of balance. Right. So, you know, now that we can kind of talk a little bit more and shift a little bit more into hormones, um, 
you bring up an interesting point, right? Our skin being our largest organ is a really good indicator of what's going on inside, right? It's our external, our most external facing organ, but it's really a good indicator of maybe what's going on inside. So how do you know when, you know, your dry skin might be something like um, more serious, like a thyroid problem, as opposed to just, well, you know, uh, I haven't been drinking enough water. Maybe I, I've started a new retinol. I forgot to put my moisturizer on and so on and so on. Environmental things like being in a dry climate, right. winter time, seasonal changes. Yeah. So um, absolutely. So part of it has to do with your other symptoms. So if you only have dry skin, that doesn't mean that you have low thyroid function. But if you also have you're fatigued, you have some hair loss, maybe constipation, noticing weight gain. So basically we have low thyroid function. It slows down our metabolism. And so that's, um, so these other signs, if you have all of those or some of them, multiple symptoms, then you want to go in and get your thyroid test to talk to your doctor about getting a thyroid panel with a TSH, free T3, free T4. So you could really understand what's going on with your thyroid. And if that's the issue going on. Okay. So let's get into some of the things that you're going to be delving into your book, right? So this is, um, it's called the natural beauty reset. And I think you said it's seven days. We can reset our, our, our hormones for more beautiful skin. How, how are we doing that? Um, and, and, and is there something that we should be going to our doctor, you know, to, to, to get a baseline check of our hormones before we were to start something like this? Well, you certainly don't have to go to your doctor. I do think if you're having symptoms, it's always good to, to, to get testing because, you know, as a doctor, I always want to look at, you know, how are my patients presenting with their symptoms, signs and symptoms, and also what's going on with their lab results. Because just because we see something, just because we feel something, there are, there's information that labs can tell us that we can't necessarily, but it's really the combination of two. You don't want to just look at labs alone. You want to look at the two together. So absolutely that's important, but you don't have to do that in order to do the reset program and this book. Um, I do have a hormone quiz where I think would be really great. I just want to mention that this. Yeah, people can find it at hormoneseries.com slash quiz. And if you go through, it gives you like, if you have certain symptom patterns, it can indicate that you possibly have low or high levels of different hormones, whether it's cortisol, which is an adrenal hormone or thyroid, we'd mentioned sex hormones. And so, you know, those are all important, but, um, so that can be a good kind of like indicator of maybe, I've got some hormonal issues that I should talk to my doctor about. So, but with the book, it's really great for anyone, wherever you are, because as women, we go through changes throughout the month, throughout our lives with our hormones. And it's always, it's, they're always in state of flux, even throughout an, a day, our cortisol, our adrenal hormone cortisol goes through fluctuations throughout the day. So what, what we eat what, um, how we're moving our bodies, our stress, our skin, our personal care habits, all of those impact our, our hormones and they change throughout the seasons. So, um, so in my book in the seven day reset, I give people recommendations for food movement, 
mindset, and skincare, because these are really the four pillars that are so important for us to build a healthy foundation for our hormones to function the way they're supposed to. Because when our hormones are working for us, they're amazing. They help us wake up in the morning and not need coffee, have energy through the day, fall asleep at night and sleep through the night, have good sex drive. And, and we feel like vibrant and energetic and driven and focused. And we can remember things um, and our blood sugars balanced and all of those sorts of things when our hormones are working for us. So that's why I wanted to provide this seven day reset. Now, is it going to completely balance your hormones in seven days? Maybe not if you have some pretty significant imbalances, but it gets you on the right step on the makes the first step and the right path. So you can really start to notice some changes and know how you can really dial in your lifestyle to help support your hormones. I mean, this sounds so amazing. So can you kind of walk us through some of, well, first of all, what are some of the hormones that, that you're working to rebalance? Yes, absolutely. So I know I was talking about how ideally our hormones are working for us. So let me talk about some of those hormones. So our adrenal hormone cortisol is a really important one. And so I think cortisol gets a bad rap, but it actually, there are some good things with cortisol when cortisol naturally should ideally rise in the morning. And when it goes higher in the morning, that's what gets us up in the morning and gets us through our day. We don't need to drink coffee because we've got cortisol. Um, we can't drink coffee because it tastes good. Oh, I love my <laughs> coffee in the morning, but, um, Absolutely. I love my coffee too, but, um, a lot of people depend upon it in order to get going in the morning. And that's a sign that you may have low cortisol in the morning. Got or it. you're not getting a good, good night's sleep. And so then you're relying upon the coffee. So yeah, keep drinking your coffee oh, if you yeah. like it. <laughs> I, I just love my coffee, but I will tell you when I'm up, my husband always kids around because he's like, I'm like a robot. When I'm tired, it's like somebody turned me off. And in the morning I open my eyes. He takes a long time to get up and kind of roll around me. It's like, <laughs> I'm up. Okay, let's go over to the coffee machine and go get my coffee. So it's not so yeah. much that I need the energy, but I love my coffee in the morning. Okay. Oh, right. Got it. So you're probably, your cortisol is probably fine in the morning. If you were to have it tested, probably good. Okay. But so then what happens, of course, it goes up in the morning and then it goes down at night. That is ideally what it should do. But a lot of people are so stressed during yeah. the day that their cortisol can't turn down at night. So then they've got these racing thoughts. They can't fall asleep at night. So cortisol is a big one. And then, um, and then melatonin is um, our one really, it's mostly known for our sleep hormone, but melatonin has so many other fabulous effects on our body that a lot of people don't know. It works like an antioxidant. It has anti-cancer properties, a lot of protective benefits, but it is known as the hormone that goes up at night when the, when the sun goes down. And so that helps us fall asleep at night. But a lot of the times our melatonin is suppressed because we're on our phones, electronics, we have lights on, television. And so that is suppressing our melatonin, making it hard to fall asleep and stay asleep at night. And then we have our sex hormones like estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. And so estrogen is... Um, a fabulous hormone for women. Men have it too. A lot of times people forget and men have the same, we have both have the same hormones. We just have different levels. Um, estrogen gives us that 
beautiful glow, that radiance. It gives us curves. It helps us with our periods and all of that when it's working optimally. If it gets too high, we can have heavy periods, painful periods. We have that estrogen dominance. When it starts to go lower as we get near menopause, um, we might notice things like vaginal dryness or hot flashes and night sweats. Then we have progesterone, testosterone, all of these hormones play an important role. And then we also have hormones that help us with our blood sugar, like insulin right. and hormones that help us with our appetite, like leptin and ghrelin. And so I know there's so many of these, that's why I wanted to cover them in part one of my book so that you can kind of understand how these actually work because we're always wondering, okay, we're trying to do everything as women, you know, we're taking care of our families, we're taking care of our friends, or maybe our parents are getting older, maybe we're even taking care of people at work. <laughs> and so we're taking care of everyone. And then we try and find a little time to take care of ourselves, try and go work out and we try and eat right. But then we still feel like we're gaining weight. Uh, we, can't, we can't lose weight. We can't sleep at night. We're losing our sex drive. And a lot of that goes back to our hormones. Okay. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for that refresher. That was a, a, absolutely incredible. Um, so, so let's get into some of the, the ways, um, you know, if you could just kind of highlight some of the things that we will clearly learn more about if we um, get your book, but, but ways that we can actually um, help to reset or optimize our hormone levels. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's talk about cortisol just because we started off with that yeah. one. Um, and so stress management is so important. And our adrenals help us with that cortisol production to help us get out of danger, to wake up in the morning, to have energy, to have these things. But if we're constantly on the go and we're never giving ourselves time to take a break, to take some deep breaths, to meditate, to read a nice book, to listen to some soothing music, take a bath, have a really nice self-care routine, all of those things are like help calm down our cortisol so that our adrenals can actually work for us rather than against us. And so stress management practices are huge. And I just named off a few, but those are really, really important. And also help setting ourselves up for a good night's sleep with a really great bedtime ritual. So turning down the lights, again, soothing music, taking a bath, things like that. Getting off um, the phone. Yeah. Getting off the phone, give yourself some time. Um, unfortunately the idea of having a nightcap, a, a, like a cocktail in the evening or a glass of wine actually isn't going to help your sleep. While it make you, make you feel sleepy. It actually could be interfering with the deep sleep with your sleep patterns. So we may so, wake up not feeling so refreshed or for certain women might trigger hot flashes and night sweats, which can wake them up. Okay. Um, and now what about, um, what are some of the other things like in terms of food, how can we use food or our, um, you know, nutrition to affect our hormones? Absolutely. And so with the seven day reset, I actually have a seven day reset for each season. So fall, winter, spring, and summer. So there's a seven day reset. It's different for each season. And the reason is, is that our Food changes, our needs for our food, our movement, mindset, and skincare all change with each season. So when it comes to food, eating foods in season, the most you can. I mean, the thing is, is that 
the one of the good things about living in the modern day world is you can get food from anywhere in the world anywhere. at any time of the year. But the problem is, is that even if we're eating so-called superfoods all the time, that we can actually super eating a superfood all the time, like eating kale every day, all day long, all year long is not going to necessarily be beneficial for us. There are actually certain times of the year that it's better to eat it than other times. So fall is a better time to eat kale. When we eat it in season, it's going to be more nutrient dense. We're getting more of those nutrients. Also, when we eat foods in season, we're getting more of the flavor. So when we, it's easier to eat healthy when food are flavorful. Let me just say that. I know I that totally agree. <laughs> you know, I've been so bummed about though this summer, it feel, I felt like there were no good tomatoes. And I don't know, you know, I, maybe it's because yeah. I grew up in the country um, and in New York city, you know, you're just, they're all being shipped from somewhere, but I still felt like the tomatoes were really lacking this season. Right. Well, I mean, it really depends on I mean, tomatoes need a certain amount of humidity and yeah. sun and all of that. So if you had a little extra, you know, rain or something like that, maybe it wasn't the best uh, time for it, but certainly relying upon local farmers markets. If I mean, for people, if they can grow their own, that's fantastic. But most of us are not in a place where we have the time or the, you know, set up to, to grow our own food. So relying upon local farmers markets can be a really great thing. And then that way you too, you also know it's in season. If your farmer's growing it locally, it's, it's, it's a good indicator. Um, but you know, I think a lot of times we, we forget about what foods are actually in season because we go to the grocery store, we get the same things over and over again. And the problem with eating the same foods over and over again is you're missing out on some range of nutrients to mm. naturally get. And what's amazing is there are certain nutrients and foods seasonally that support us through what we're going through in that season. For example, in fall, there are a lot of nutrients that boost our immune system. So like, for example, vitamin A or beta, beta carotene is in things like yams and sweet potatoes and pumpkins, squash, and that actually helps support our immune system. Vitamin C is rich in broccoli and um, bell peppers. And so, and those actually help support our immune system. So when we're eating seasonally and also oftentimes, it's amazing how wise nature is if we can kind of get back right. in rhythm with it, that it can actually provide those nutrients we need. And um, so, I mean, I think that when we eat those nutrient dense foods, we give our bodies what it needs to help with hormonal balance. Another thing that eating foods in season helps and eating a variety of foods is to help our gut health. So mm. our gut microbiome actually benefits from a, a variety, a diverse around uh, um, types of food and eating high fiber foods. So our gut microbiome, all the microorganisms that live in our gut are helpful for our digestive system, but also extremely important for our hormonal balance and also for our skin health. Right. Okay. So, and now let's, let's move on. So we've talked a little bit about, um, because your book is bro broken up, like we said, four pillars, food, movement, mindset, skincare. So covering food, great tip, eat food, eat foods in season. And you have given us a seven day reset for each season. Um, what about movement? Let's move on to the movement pillar. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, what's interesting is again, seasonal changes affect our hormones. And so for example, our cortisol levels overall, that stress hormone tends to be lower in summer and higher in winter. And so if we, when we're, when we're, and, and then also we have less sun and the winter time, we're more prone to lower neurotransmitters like serotonin and dopamine that kind of give us that feel good feeling that maybe we felt in the summer. And so when we look at mindset and movement, we want to do things in the season that are going to help support us. So in the summer, we might feel more energetic, a little bit more positive. So exercising is usually a little bit easier, (laughs) get outside, go for a walk, enjoy the weather. Um, but in the winter time, we might have to like, you know, motivate ourselves a little bit more and also be easier on ourselves. So we might want to do restorative yoga. Um, we might want to do an, you know, a shorter workout, um, or, um, more in moderation and just making sure that we realize that we may not have that same motivation at the same time, we still want to be moving our bodies because we're not bears in hibernation in the winter. Right. We're very different than bears. So we, we still need to get out and move. And so I do give recommendations on ideas and things can you can do in the winter time to kind of get those levels up. And in the fall, these transition like fall and, and spring in between, it helps us sort of like fall helps us transition into winter. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted my book to come out in fall is like, let's get ready for winter. <laughs> Amen, sister. I, you know, it's like, I, I just feel like I'm never ready for it. Um, So um, mindset, we kind of touched on some of that before, but maybe is there one or two tips that you can kind of give us? Yeah. So part of the mindset too, goes back to our sleep. And so sleep in, especially um, as the days get shorter, we might have to do some modifications. So in fall, it's that transition time of what can we do to set up a a bedtime ritual? So I really recommend that people start thinking about that. What can I do to turn, can, can I set an alarm Okay, now it's time to step away from the electronics, pick up a good old fashioned book. <laughs> Love that. Uh-huh. Read the pages of the book without the, you know, you know, the electronics and all of that, and just get transitioned into sleep. So that would be a, a tip a good to get mindset. You know, these tips really do um, help. I feel like, it, you know, we've probably heard that, you know, bedtime routine, everybody's heard it before, but it can never hurt to keep hearing it again, because I feel like one of these days, and I don't know about you listeners at home, uh, you know, you hear all these things and one day it's finally going to click and I hope it clicks for you. Um, so let's <laughs> now get to skincare, right? So at the end of the day, we're talking about our biggest organ. Um, so, so what are some of the things that we can do when it comes to resetting our hormones for optimal skin? Yeah. So when it comes to skincare, I think what a lot of people don't realize is that there are actually a lot of hormone disrupting chemicals in personal care products. Mm. And so there's this whole group of chemicals called endocrine disrupting chemicals. And there's been a lot of uh, research showing the connection between the exposure of these and hormone disrupting effects, including infertility, thyroid disease, breast cancer, early puberty, Um, we definitely want to get a handle on lowering our exposure to these because as women, as we get older, we typically are using more and more personal care products 
And yet our hormones can be more likely to be out of balance and get out of, um, So one of the biggest things to do is to start looking at your skincare products and the ingredient labels, just because it's labeled natural on the label does not necessarily mean anything because the FDA does not have any regulation around the words natural or hypoallergenic. And so you have to kind of flip it over or look at the box that it came in to look at the ingredients. And I mean, it's one of the reasons why I created my skincare line, the Spot Doctor Natural Skincare line is because I kept trying to find natural products for my patients to recommend to them that actually created the effects that they wanted and had that you know luxurious feel and things like my you know my Waldorf clients were looking for that and so that's why I created the spot doctor skincare line but there's a lot so I know a lot about the manufacturing process right skincare industry is a shady place I have to I have to admit there's a lot of marketing hype and not a lot of regulation in the United States so it's really up to consumers to do a little bit of, of digging in and understanding what's in your products. I mean, I, you know, I know we could, there's so many big chemicals that we want to watch out for. Are, are there a few easy ones that you can think of that, you know, when we're looking at our um, ingredient list that we should be kind of like, wow, this is no, never. Yeah, absolutely. So fragrance is a big one Mm. and fragrance is listed as one, one ingredient, but it's actually a whole bunch of different ingredients. And within the, within fragrance, there can be a number of these hormone disrupting chemicals, including, including diethyl phthalate. Again, I won't say this on the label. It only says fragrance, but diethyl phthalate is a plasticizing agent and it's a known endocrine disrupting chemical. It's shown up in human samples. We know it gets into the body. That's the other thing is a lot of times so people are putting stuff on their skin, not thinking about the fact that it getting absorbed. I mean, we use hormone creams and nicotine patches and things like that on the skin because we know that is a route to give medications. So what you're putting on your skin can get into your body. Another thing is oxybenzone, which is a common sunscreen ingredient. That's another endocrine disrupting chemical. The good news is there are alternative studies. I've done a lot of research on this and making my own skincare line. So I know this, um, that you can use organic essential oils. You can still have that fabulous fragrance with the upside of essential oils without the downside of synthetic fragrance. Right. And then zinc oxide or mineral-based sunscreens versus the chemical sunscreens like oxybenzone. Great. Oh my gosh. It's so scary to know the oxybenzone um, because, you know, luckily the mineral sunscreens are getting way better. You know, they're not leaving that white cast. There's so many good ones out there. Um, so I want to congratulate you by the way. Um, and thank you for kind of running us through this. It sounds like there's so much information in this book and it's so fabulous. If people want to know more about this book or if they want to purchase it, where can they go? Okay. So they can go to my website, the spa doctor.com T H E S P A D R.com doctor is abbreviated DR. And if you want to go straight to the book, we have a special offer that do a forward slash book. Okay. And that will take you to the natural beauty reset. You can order the book and get some bonuses. Um, or you could just go wherever books are sold, Amazon or wherever Barnes and Nobles, wherever you, wherever books are sold, your favorite retailer, you can buy the book there. Amazing. And as you mentioned before, you've got a fabulous, um, you know, line that you can also purchase there. Uh, If people want to know more about um, you, if they want to know more about this line, uh, where can they, where can they get in touch with you? 
Yeah, absolutely. So you can go to the Spot Doctor. We're also on social media, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. You could just look for the Spot Doctor. Just make sure it's the T-H-E-S-P-A-D-R. Amazing. I want to thank you so much, Dr. Cates. Um, If people have questions at home that they want to pass on regarding hormones, regarding skincare, I'm always happy to do that. You can email me at hello at artbeautypodcast.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Art Beauty Podcast. And as always, we will see you next Tuesday. Bye. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.